Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. Um, this is Fortuan here, uh, joined by co-host Haru, as usual. Hello. Um, it's been a little bit. Uh, we had to take a week off uh, schedule and that kind of stuff. Um, personal lives got busy. And then, I don't know, we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, still kind of slow for us, uh, personally, news-wise, is what we care about in the gaming industry. Um, so again, this is mostly a what have we been doing lately uh, episode. Um, but uh, that aside, before we get into it, um, we'd like to thank Wolfie Mellon for the music uh, she provided. And good luck to her in Germany with her teaching job. She's finally on, I think. I think she's there. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Because like last time I said it, she wasn't there yet. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, oops. But now I think she's there. So, anyways, yeah. Um, so we're just kind of going to get into it. Uh, like I said, it's more general, like gaming day. Uh, not a whole lot of super awesome things to talk about. Um, personally, like news wise, I haven't even been checking on anything. Have you? Uh, no. I mean, there's been like smatterings of pop culture news, but I think it's mostly, mostly movies and things. Right. Yeah, there's a... Uh, I was going to see Shazam, but I ended up not being able to go. Um, oh, yeah, they released this big yeah. Star Wars trailer. So that's the thing. Oh, for episode 9? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen this. I might have to look this up later. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so we'll, we'll get into the first game that uh, that I've been playing, uh, and I've talked about this before, but uh, Sekiro, um, the From Software... Um, very Japanese game. Um, I've got a little, f- uh, a little further, as in I don't remember what I talked about last time, but I'm kind of stuck on the first big boss. Um, the I can't remember his name. It starts with a G, but he rides a horse and he has a, a big halberd. Um, I'm kind of stuck on him. And I can't seem to find the prosthetic that you're supposed to use against him. Uh, everyone's like, oh, it's these merchants in this area. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I literally will have to look this up if, <laughs> if uh, I can't figure it out. Yeah, um, it's, but anyways. it's called the uh, horse bola prosthetic. You just throw it and it wraps around the legs and they fall down. I, oh, no, I know what the prosthetic is. It's firecrackers, actually. It's supposed <laughs> to scare the horse. Uh, and I just can't remember the dude's name. Um, but a lot of people say he's like one of the best bosses, uh, as far as like, uh, uh, dialogue because he's like super like forceful and deep. He's like, he's like, my name is whatever. Gajalaka. <laughs> my name is Gajalaka and this gate will not fall. And that's like his line. And then he comes over, pulls you over the horse and sometimes auto kills you. And you're like, oh wow, maybe I should have moved. Like, <laughs> And then, like, when he kills you, he's like, that gate still stands! And, of course, the uh, the, the mechanic of the game where you revive uh, once or twice, depending on how well you do. Um, uh, like, when you revive, he's like, you're up again, I'll, t- I'll cut you down as many times as it takes! And it's, like, this deep, booming voice. Um, and I guess uh, a lot of people got surprised because apparently it's a thing to turn up the audio and turn up turn down music and other things quite a bit in games. I didn't know this was the thing. Cause yeah, I, that makes sense. Uh, so, he ended up being super surprising for some of the people I've been talking to 
uh, about the game. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a it's fun. I just I haven't been able to beat it, and I think two weeks I've been well, stuck on this boss. That would be because all the voice acting in Dark Souls is like, have you heard of the whispers of the old one in the church? Oh, yeah, of the demise. <laughs> if you go right, there, I mean, you're not you, wrong. You will be wicked, and be initiated initiated into the old ways. <laughs> like that. Right, yeah. Um Well, uh for me, it's just been kind of a fun experience. Like I've not I I'm stuck. Like I I'm also stuck at a second boss cuz you can go a different way. Um and I'm stuck at like I guess the last boss of that area, which is her name's like uh it's not Madam Butterfly because Madam Butterfly is is some sort of weird movie, I guess. But as uh, Lady Butterfly, I think is her name. She's like this super like ninety year old chick who throws knives at you, um, and like it's just it's a brutal fight. And I got through. Apparently, there's a stage two. I got to the stage two with like no healing items left, and I was like, "Well, this is bad." And stage two is obviously harder. So I died very quickly. And I was like, you know what? I just need to come back when I'm stronger. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to be able to do this right now. <laughs> so eh, I haven't been playing the game too often, though. So it's not like I've been grinding it every day. It's, I think I've maybe played four or five times since uh, we last recorded. Uh, which isn't a lot for two weeks, I guess. So is... Um... Um, is Sekiro working on the same stamina system for just the basic combat and evasion and attacking and things? Um, no. So there is no stamina. Um, what there is is health, obviously, but there's also what they call... Uh, what is it called? Curb it's something break about or something? Uh, basically, it's like your stance. Um, and you take more position or poise or something. Poise is actually in Dark Souls. It's it's something like, like that. Um, damage, which basically means you're too tired to keep up your fighting stance. So once you lose your fighting stance, you can get pretty much gimped, like you just killed. Um, you do it to enemies too. They take the same kind of damage. Um, so like if you can break their stance, uh, which you can do with like counter attacks and stuff. Um. Like the Makiri counter is a is a super powerful counter against thrusting attacks, uh, especially by spears. That if you pull it off perfectly, which uh, so basically, it's been kind of fun game, but I just haven't put a lot of time into it. Um, I feel like the idea of me getting it to sort of like keep up with the gaming culture of the the talk of Sekiro, I fell behind within a week. Like I just didn't get far enough. Um. <laughs> yeah, because there's some people who beat Dark Souls in like 48 hours, which is right insane and person territory. I'm technically stuck on the first boss in quotations. Like, there's many bosses throughout the whole thing, but like I'm stuck on the first like real challenge of a boss. So I'm 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 way behind, but I I don't really care. I I've just been playing it. Um. But for uh, but honestly, more of what I've been focusing on lately is another thing that I, uh, I wanted to get into is uh, Magic the Gathering. I've been doing that a lot more. 
lately. And a lot more is that I'm still just doing the Wednesdays, but I'm more involved with uh, sort of like uh, deck building and that kind of stuff. And I've went uh, to go play at a friend's one time already. Uh, stuff like that. Um, but basically, uh, I have a little story to go with it. So I play traditionally one deck at a time. Uh, and I play Commander. For those of you who don't know, it's also known as uh, EDH or Elder Dragon Highlander, which Elder Dragon means that it was... It's a weird term, but basically just means that you have a 100-card unique card deck aside from lands, basic lands. So every card in your deck is unique. There's 100 cards, and uh, Elder Dragon, which is sort of like your commander or whatever, it's a card you can always cast. Um, so like when it, when it gets removed from play, it just goes back to the command zone in quotations, and it just costs two more to cast it every time it goes back there. So you technically always have access to a certain card and it has to be a legendary creature uh, which was what an elder dragon was well my deck uh which is uh led by garris the waker of corpses is a hydra surprise surprise i like hydras um but that's not why i picked him it's just he's got this cool thing where whenever he attacks he brings something back from the dead temporarily that has also come back and attacking. And so my deck deals with like fiddling with that. Um, and I've had some good luck with this deck this season so far. Uh, we are eight weeks in. I think we just completed our eight week. Um, but week seven, so the previous week, um, I came very close to quitting. And it was, uh, I was kind of frustrated with some other things. And sometimes you take that into a game. Um, we had a mid-season meeting, which went fine. We changed some rules uh, because we go off of points and not wins. So the rules dictate what the points are, new points, new ways to gain points and prevent points and all this crazy stuff. Um, but uh, then we played two games afterwards, and um, having a perfect on curve is like, okay, I had a turn one, two, three, four, five, six, seven play perfectly on just like... I had almost every card I wanted on every turn. Yeah, they're talking about um, tempo is important if you're playing uh, a right. more so, aggressive deck. That's kind of rare for my deck because my deck isn't built on a tempo. It's more about getting ramp up to what I want to do and just sort of doing a lot of things after that. Uh, searching for a lot of things, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a slower deck. But when it's on tempo, it's really strong. Um, but, uh, I was perfect on tempo, both games through turn seven. Like I was like, I'm set. I can, you know, win this whole game by turn eight or nine in some cases, which sounds slow, but when you're in a point league like this, uh, it sounds slow to people who are familiar with the game, I guess. Um, and this point link, uh, average game ends about seven or eight. So I would have been pretty clear to win both times on turn seven, the turn before my turn, the game ended and very unceremoniously. Um, the first time was someone sort of comboed off and won and did, did like infinite damage to everyone. And I was like, okay, that's just super annoying. Like I was, I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't really get mad, but it was like, okay, I'm kind of annoyed. And then the game after that, my brother, who is a really good player, um, not only stole the win, but did so by taking all the power off of my field and putting it on his field and killing me with it. Like, immediately. Yeah, like, that always sucks in card games when people pl play the uh, kind of broken effects. Right, so I was just like, 
I'm done. Like I'm like I, I like I, w- I didn't get mad at him like directly. I was just like I just like I just don't I can't handle it right now. I've already kind of stressed today, so I just got to like I got it. It was the last game of the night anyway, so it's not like I just rage quit or something. I was actually out of the game. Um so I stood up, packed up my stuff, and I just sort of did a couple you know laps around the the, the little service center that we play in, a little mini mall. And uh um, I just like, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to pack up my cards, put away my, my, the, my biggest frustration is I have one deck and everyone knows how to counter it because I don't have the time or, you know, resources to build multiple decks, um, which isn't actually true. Um, I actually mostly use my brother's cards anyways, and he has a lot of cards. Um, but I took some time to cool down and I was like, and I had had a, a, a rough, a uh, rough time playing with our friends the previous Friday because, uh, you know, like, again, I have one deck that is not, like, a top-tier power level, and, you know, when you go in there, and uh, people just stomp all over me sometimes, and I'm just like, okay, I just, I guess I'll just try to get what fun I can out of it. Um, so, like, it was kind of, and like I said, other stuff was great on me, so I kind of let it simmer, and I, I cooled down a bit, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm, you know, I probably just need to build maybe another deck so i started talking to my brother about it and he was like uh and he suggested building three decks uh in total so having the one i do and then having two more and just for you know when you need to change it up change it up so i since then uh him and i have been sort of working out like what can i with the other things i would like to build and i think we have it pretty set on the other two decks i need to build we're actually um i don't know if i've mentioned i, I know i mentioned this when i uh like a couple months ago i actually tore apart a deck i had to get together for like five years to make this current deck i have the gearus deck um i'm actually going to be rebuilding that old deck in a different way um because i just like that deck uh, a lot um he's called the xenogod uh he's a it's kind of funny in in magic world he was a satyr that became a god uh in the in the lore and no one was supposed to be able to become a god so the god's hired someone to assassinate the god and they mm-hmm. said okay now that you've killed a god you can't kill a god so they killed her and that caused a lot of uproar wait that kind of thing wait Mag- yeah, it's, magic it's really has lore oh yeah magic has lore magic has had lore for a long time thought yeah. the cards so, just looked pretty well they do um but the yeah they have lore like the flavor text on cards that you'll get you'll see sometimes um uh like one of my favorite flavor texts is on the domesticated hydra card uh it says sit stay destroy mm, that's really uh, and something like that uh some yeah it was, it was just it, it that kind of stuff is like they're all most of the flavor text ties into the lore so yeah the lore for that era was like this this little little goat guy became a god and then he was like sort of a wrecking the pantheon of the time and they're like okay he needs to be taken care of because he doesn't he doesn't adhere to our rules so they hired they basically took a chosen hero her name was elspeth uh and Okay, she slew the god, but because uh, it is forbidden to kill a god, they then betrayed her and killed her. Um, so it, like, it became a thing. 
Um, and then that, her closest friend, a Johnny, which is actually my brother's favorite character in the whole lore, um, then uh, decided be- to to uh, uh, take vengeance upon them and 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 future. Like basically, I'll remember that and I'll be back. I have bigger things to deal with. Um, so yeah, yeah. Every set has like a new arc to the story, basically. Um, so the set coming up is a bit supposed to be like a big culmination of like several years of magic lore. Um, that yeah, I don't pay attention to the lore as much as my brother does, but uh, I do know that this is supposed to be lore wise a huge set coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks. War for the Spark, that's what it's called. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've seen much. <laughs> what I keep getting is those uh, magic arena. Um, ads oh, yeah. <laughs> like some weird yeah. terrible rock song in them oh man right anyway yeah yeah it's um uh uh so yeah that's that's kind of what it, like i know i got a little rambly there but like i just this that's mostly what i've been like gaming wise like doing it just sitting down with my brother deck teching and this kind of stuff because like i like playing but I got kind of pigeonholed by only playing one deck and even though I'd like to just play one deck and get sort of good at it. Cause that's what I did for a long time. Um, it's not going to serve me well <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> um, yeah. The thing about big thing about card games is not being predictable. Right. Well, even then, uh, people will outright counter my deck. Like, oh, Cham's here. Or, yeah, Cham. Hi. Yeah, it's my real nickname. Uh, Fort Juan's here. Um, uh, let's pull out this deck, which, you know, will totally destroy what he's doing. And he'll sit out of the game for most of the time or we'll knock him out early. Like, that has actually happened. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, uh, I understand. I'm kind of in the comp- competition. I am in the top eight. I'm in the, like, fifth or something. But, like, it seems like... I don't know. That's not a cool way to go about things. Like, I don't do that. I can't do that because I only have one deck. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. So I'm going to start changing things up. And destroy them. <laughs> probably not. Um, in my opinion, uh, the de- the second deck I'm building will probably be actually either on par or better than my deck uh, that I currently have. But the third deck, I think, is going to be worse. I think I'm doing it just because I want to. <laughs> Make a deck that can play Time Warp every turn. I I, I refuse. That's a blue card. I hate blue. <laughs> oh, you're not having fun, man. There's all sorts no, of like, counter blue. creature and like that. Yeah, those effects don't suck in Magic the Gathering. They're actually like kill spells, basically. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh... Uh. So if you were done on that yes i was hard game I got really rambly there. that's yes non-video game what even is it um so i've been playing <laughs> monster Hunter world as usual i uh right i keep up on the bounties every week at least among playing it for uh for fun oh boy what was i doing i was with a friend i was trying to uh <laughs> take down Extreme Behemoth, the night before it rotated out. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I did not do that. 
but it wasn't wasn't as difficult as it's made out to be, I'd say. They do some limiting things with, there's that whole mechanic of the ecliptic meteor, this huge AoE insta-kill that uh, yeah. you have to, it drops these little comet rocks and you have to hide behind the comet rocks uh, to protect yourself from the meteor. But but mm-hmm. if you fight near the comet rocks before it drops the meteor, it'll break them. So in this fight, it basically just drops less rocks, and it's more. And the, there's some there's like a DPS damage per second threshold, uh, in one of the areas where if you don't take it down within five minutes, it'll just drop the meteor without dropping any shields. Uh, right. Yeah. So you have a you have a death timer essentially. Mm-hmm. But I think the fight it wasn't. It wasn't, like, too insane damage as some of the Elder Dragons have been, in my experience. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just really hard to grab aggro on uh, Behemoth. Um, so the other thing, I, when I was just playing randomly, I've never really played around with the Invasion Mantle much, but I, I had it on, and I was... Uh, High-level longsword play, high-level, uh, is kind of a lot of uh, poking and using the evade move to uh, kind of bait out attacks and counter them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have the evasion mantle on and you counter and, and you, like, evade through an attack, it actually triggers the uh, attack boost on it. You don't have to just, like, roll through attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, I didn't realize that. So that's now basically standard in a lot of my longsword uh, sets. Because, hey, that's fun. Um, okay, okay. And the last thing is I was uh, I was exploring in the Coral Highlands a bunch for the bounties and things. And you have to do a bunch of Paluma quests. And I noticed an attack that I'd never seen before uh, due to various reasons. Uh, usually, usually you can kill Palumu before it gets back to its nest, but if you don't, and it does that thing where it flies through the holes and it's in the in the wall of its nest, this big like kind of cathedral-like coral dome. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it'll like try and fly this way and that to confuse you, and then it'll come in through another one of the uh, another one of the exits to the uh, to the outside air, and it'll like rush up to you and scream or and cry and then do this huge like whirling front flip and it like slams into the ground with such force that it like bounces up off of the ground like a like a bouncing ball and then it uh, yeah it it, 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 uh, it slams its beaver tail on the ground at the same time too basically right i just never uh really noticed that one before which is interesting. So, so what you're saying is you've never sucked enough to have the the Palomu go to its nest, like me. <laughs> no, I mean I've I've fought in its nest before, like the first time I fought the monster. I, I'm just I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's oh, like man. there's flash bombs, so if you don't want it to go anywhere, it can't. But it's true. I do very rarely use, you know, like battle items such as flash bombs and that kind of stuff. Like I just Um it... So yeah, the other 
don't know, there's just, there's just a lot of n- nice nuances to Paolo's lair, because they put it in a, a, a bespoke animation where Paolo does its whirlwind breath uh, on the, the little puddle in the center of its lair. It'll like do this little water vortex uh, animation, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's the two like climbable vines in its lair... If you're on those, when it comes back in from its kind of misdirection flight, uh, I think that actually cancels the attack animation, or it'll just, like, spit at you to blow you off of the thing. Um, But if you climb up there and you jump into the the, the climbable walls on the sides of the arena, these kind of shelves of coral... You can basically, like, insta, like, as soon as you touch it, you can, like, flick, flick the stick in a different direction, and you can leap off of that and do another aerial uh, maneuver. Yeah, yeah, I've done that once or twice, at least. I, I just think it's nice that they uh, had the foresight to, to plan for the combo of that, those, those mechanics. Right. Yeah, there's... there's um... There's a lot of design decisions they made um, about the environment and that kind of stuff that were miles beyond what they've ever done before. Um, like they they've always had like somewhat destructible terrains. Like if you remember the secret area in the um, uh, the frozen tundra in third generation, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Devil Joe's. Uh... Yeah, you basically relied on Devil Joe to crash through it. Uh, to get there, but it had some like sweet items once you went back there. It had like the, the best mining nodes in the area and that kind of stuff. Um, and Dragonbone Relic, which was kind of hard to get. Um, so like, there's been hints of like, okay, maybe use the environment and do certain things with the monsters, uh, yeah, like that kind of thing. But they really stepped up their game with not just, you know, like the rope traps for the vines of the trees and that kind of thing, but also like like you're saying, like jump points, climb points that could be used to your advantage instead of just being obstacles, I guess. Uh, and, and it helps that you're immensely more maneuverable in Monster Hunter World than you were in any previous game also. Right. And um, the last thing is Odegarin. Uh You know how it, he has its weird wall jump attack? I can't quite yes. parse it, because um, he seems like he just gets into a mood, and then he'll do two wall jumps, and then he'll just stop doing it until he gets into another mood, and it's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Basically, um, if you let him whip up into a frenzy, like if he's he has to be angry, I think, and then on top of that, he has to sort of like be on a rampage where he just like doesn't stop attacking. Um, right. Because if I remember, uh, Odo was, I will say, one of the medium difficulty in the crown hunting. As in, um, I probably fought him a decent 40 times specifically just to get the crowns. Um, so I got to know him pretty well. And yeah, if you if you let him, if you basically whip him up to a rage and then you kind of can't land a hit to flinch him out of it, and he keeps going, then he starts to, like, basically wall running at you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because, like, most people, um, you know, they've gotten to the point where Odo hasn't become all too much of a challenge, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, like, you can sort of out DPS him at uh, at end game. Right. So like he there there's not a lot of points where you know you're being on the defensive with him too much anymore, uh, at least in my opinion. But when you're on the defensive and not really flinching him out of it, I think that's when he kind of gets in that mood that you're talking about. Okay, so you're saying that you can, uh, if it, basically if you just keep clobbering the monster, you can kind of dampen some of their ability set or avoid right. it. Yeah. Uh, yep. it's not even that much of a scary move. Like the hitbox on it is very particular. Weird. Uh, yeah. Like, if you're targeted by it, you're the only one who's really going to be hit by it in that specific spot. Yeah. But the other thing is, he has to be enraged to an extent, and he has to, and he does his move rarely when he's enraged, and he has to be adjacent to a wall jump uh, surface, which is yes. kind of nebulous because you, you're not going to really know where there's a wall jump surface. Sur- surface. And I just thought it was really cool, um, Odegaran, like, leaping up, uh, digging its claws into, like, Palumu's, like, big pink coral tree, and then leaping off of that. I thought that was a great, like, yeah. fusion of the aesthetics and the, uh, uh, mechanics of the game. No, you're totally right. Uh, I agree with you 100% there. I think I've only fought Odo in the Coral Highlands a handful of times, though. Like, it's... Not often that that I was in the Coral Highlands, not specifically fighting something like Kieran or you know crown hunting, and I ended up fighting Odo more so in the Rotten Vale. No, yeah, definitely. I just I like the bounties because they uh, they make you smell the roses a little bit. And one last note, I didn't notice this, but the coral tree, you know, it has all those pink mm-hmm. uh, specks floating in the air, the coral eggs. Uh, yes. That's like a phase, and it'll. It'll only be there sometime, and it'll drift off, and then the air will be clear. I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. it was like on and off when it was drifting. That kind of like pollen substance. Interesting. I, I never really paid that close, close enough attention to it. So. Yeah, me neither. Huh. Which tells me that I would be an allergic mess if I went there <laughs> in real life. <laughs> um. No lie, where I used to live uh, is, I, I think I've heard of it called, uh, I don't know if it's actually true, but uh, the basically the allergy capital of the nation. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's actually so bad that people who don't have allergies have been known to develop allergies where I used to live. Um, it's called the Miami Valley area in Ohio. And uh, yeah, um, apparently it's really bad. <laughs> but I don't have allergies, so... Shrug. <laughs> the worst. You're just the worst. So, Castle of Heart. What's what's this? Um. So, Castle of Heart is uh, oh, crap. No. Uh, we mixed it up. I was going to talk about that. What I want to talk about is Titan Quest. Oh, um, right. There's a reason. There's a reason why I talk about Castle of Heart later. Uh, because it kind of ties into another game that I've been playing. Uh, but Titan Quest, uh, I talked about this. I was super excited uh, because there was a new expansion. You could wear pants, and I hadn't found pa- pants yet. Uh, but basically, um, Haru, you, you hadn't heard. Uh, this is actually a Diablo clone from 2006. Um, and I know this because it was the year I graduated high school and started college that same year. 
and the first game I got in college was Titan Quest. And I was super excited because, guess what? On the front of the disc, there's a Hydra. And I was like, I get to fight the Hydra! And it was like, uh, it's like a, a Roman slash, uh, you know, mythology, like Age of Mythology kind of aesthetic uh, Diablo-like game. Uh, so action RPG gear and that kind of stuff. Um, and the funniest thing about it is it implemented ragdoll physics. <laughs> and the more hard you hit an enemy when it dies, the further it flops, essentially. <laughs> so and this, you is, can get, like, this is like a CRPG, right? Uh, C, I don't know what you mean by CRPG. A computer, sort of top-down, point-and-click. Yes, yeah, isometric, yes. All, all that kind of stuff that okay. Diablo is. Yeah, um, and it was, um, it's kind of unique because you don't just pick, like, the ranger or the druid or, or, like, the fighter. You don't pick, like, a specific crafted character like you do in Diablo, uh, and, um, well, Path of Exile is the other popular one right now, or even, um, what's the, what's the cartoony one? Torchlight. Um, so, like, those, you kind of pick a class, they have this designed aesthetic, um, Basically, you pick uh, either male or female, and your tunic color. So the females and all the males look exactly the same. Like there's, <laughs> there's no like physical variation. But it's a top-down game, so doesn't bother me. But um, your class isn't acquired until level two. So you actually have to pick a class out of different um, specialties or masteries or whatever they call them. Um, and, uh, you know what? I am just going to pull it up and tell you the different masteries because I don't remember them all. But while I'm looking that up, uh, basically, uh, it, the, the game is more, uh, like you basically pick skills and these masteries and this kind of stuff when you level up and the combination of two masteries at level eight, so you get your second mastery at level eight. Um, determines what class you are. Um, uh, the okay, there we go. Uh, found it. So the Titan class masteries are uh, warfare, which is like your ge- generic like war, uh, like a fighter dude. Uh, defense, which is like you would think of, like a tank. Uh, hunting, uh, bow and arrow, spears, rogue, daggers, poison, uh, obviously earth, which is sort of like uh, fire and uh, rock magic, storm, which is lightning and cold, and then nature, which is mostly healing uh, and also pets. So you get like wolves and sprites and that kind of stuff. And then spirit, which is sort of like your clerical slash necromancy stuff. Uh, so anything dealing with like that kind of uh, thing, and then um, the added in the old expansion, and I mean the old expansion is in came out in a reasonable time, such so, so it's two thousand eight, two thousand nine, which was Dream, uh, which is like I don't I don't know how to describe it other than like psychic magic, and then like like I said, eleven years later they had a second. Um, expansion, which I'm just now replaying, because why would you think to check check up if there's a new expansion on a game 11 years later, right? So I just happened to see it on sale. Uh, It's the Rune Master, which is 
actually more akin to something like Vikings because it's more of like a Nordic setting, uh, the, the last act. Um, so basically the combination of the, to the, you get to pick two. So the combination of these form your class. Um, so I ended up being, uh, a rune because I wanted to try out uh, rune master slash defense, which made my class a rune smith. Um, so I have a bunch of defense stuff, and the rune master gives you a bunch of like uh, weapon enhancing stuff. Uh, basically, there are a lot of self enchanting things. So are the um, are the classes that that you make by mixing these these sort of fighting styles are they do they add a lot more, or is, or is that just what they call having those two fighting styles at the same time? So the, they're just kind of called that. Um, so basically, the fact that you're like one mastery is tied to another mastery doesn't really affect what you doesn't affect either mastery. Um, so they're kind of independent because you put skills into them independently. Okay. Um, however. It does affect you and your playstyle quite a bit, right? So, like, if you start out as warfare, and then you click like uh, um, something like Earth, uh, so like Warfare Earth is a battle mage. So you went from a straight up like attacker to now sort of a mix because Earth is more one of the magical classes. So now you're either you know. Well, I mean, any of the melee classes, you're probably going to be do that more often and sort of supplement it with the magic. Whereas the, the magic ones, you kind of have to, like, oh, okay, if I'm going to be a caster, okay, I need to pick a, the magic one and maybe a healing one or a magic one and a second magic one to, to buff myself with different things. Like, they're all pretty diverse in their own aspects. Um, the only thing that's not recommended is not picking a second mastery. <laughs> because you kind of max out uh, too early on one mastery if you just pick one. So then you kind of have like not enough skills to sort of keep yourself alive. Right. Do enough, uh, you don't basically don't have enough tools in your kit um, kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a fun game. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I still like Diablo more. Uh, for the gameplay aspects, the the gameplay gets kind of wonky on this one. It's like Diablo 2 where potion spamming is kind of a thing. Um, uh, it's not too hard, um, but it is also very long, like very long. Um, I don't think I have ever gotten to actually fight the Hydra in the game ever, uh, <laughs> having played it all these years. Um, because if if anyone's familiar with this sort of like formula, this old school formula of these CRPGs, as, as you called them, um, it's like normal, easy, hard mode, which means beat the game entirely in normal mode, beat it in medium, hard, medium mode, and then beat it in hard mode. Well, the cool kind of bosses like the Hydra and some other things don't appear until hard mode. So until your third playthrough with a character. And yeah, it's... And it's long. It's I'm still not completed my first playthrough, and I'm looking at it now, and I have put 68 hours into it on GOG. Yeah. Man, so it's not one of those games you can just breeze through, even though it might not be uh, the most difficult and ordeal in the world. 
Right. Um, it's not necessarily grindy either. It's just long. Uh, I actually have. Um, they actually added in this new expansion, uh, game speed. So like you know, some games like hey, you can play it on fast or faster. I have it on fastest, so the move speed is faster. But oh gosh, it's it used to be pretty slow. Um, so that that kind of that kind of thing. Um, I. I don't know. I still enjoy the game. Uh, the new expansion uh, is Norse setting, uh, and I'm almost done with it. Um, so there's stuff like uh, well, I'm actually running across the Bifrost. If you're familiar with <laughs> uh, the Thor movies, where they use the Bifrost to travel everywhere, I actually there's a part where I was running across the Rainbow Bridge that is the Bifrost. Um, that was fun. Uh, you know, killing like the giant ice giants and giant wolves and that kind of stuff, and like uh, more Norse mythology area, uh, whereas fun. the rest of it is sort of like Greek mythology. That was a uh, that was a really pretty area in uh, God of War. Yeah, I didn't get that far in God of War. Okay, I just did not. Yeah, it's it's an interpretation, I'd say. Um. So yeah, what were you saying about the uh, the Nordic level? Well, it's just it's kind of cool. It's like a uh, a a breath of fresh air uh, for like a you know this kind because of, I love uh, I love that sort of Diablo clone style of game. Um, I've been playing Diablo so much, especially Diablo three, that I was just sort of done with it. But I still wanted to play something like that. So when I saw that Titan Quest was not only on sale but there was an expansion to it. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to buy that and play it. And I just, that's been majority of what I've been putting my time into uh, these past couple of weeks. Obviously, since I put 68 hours into it. Although that's a little inflated. I've had it run while I went to go do something a couple times. And we're talking like go do something like five hours worth of something. Uh, because I didn't do get to it. Well, because, I mean, I just put it on pause and just let, just let it go. And then, uh, well, because I, like, uh, we had a, for my job, we had a service call like out of nowhere. Okay. So it was at home and then it was like, okay, we got to go now. So it was literally, okay, well, I don't want to lose the progress of me getting to the next checkpoint. So I'm just going to let this sit here, uh, minimize it, put the computer on sleep and it's still counting my hours during that time anyways. And I just left. Um, and I came back and I forgot I was playing it and I was like, okay, well there's a good six hours onto my time. <laughs> But yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's Titan Quest uh, again. Uh, I, oh, I get I did say um, there was the pants that I was like, super excited about because uh, it was Greek mythology and didn't, people didn't wear pants; they just wore a tunic with boots. There was no like leg item. Um, they did not add another item. Uh, it's literally just the boots that are in the fifth act that you get have pants attached to them, just aesthetically. So I was like, okay, it's kind of cheating, but it's still, I'm still glad I can wear pants. <laughs> that hot pants trend, pants uh, aesthetic item. Right, basically. So yeah, I, I finally figured that out, but yeah, uh, it was, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, this is kind of goofy. I was so excited. That I could wear pants and was like, okay, it's not really that big of a deal. But yeah. Um, so, I have 
been playing the new Hearthstone expansion, Rise of Shadows. Okay, so how is this? I've I've heard not a lot about this, despite I knowing a lot of people that used to play Hearthstone a lot, at least. Um, so I've played Hearthstone since the the start of it, and I'm not the the most meta player, but I feel like I have a good gauge, and I a lot of the cards they printed um are are pretty strong, have uh, pretty diverse effects, and are pretty capable of what they do. There's like some some combos that are really uh, devastating, like with the rogue shuffling uh, mechanic. Right. And um, so I was playing this the the new druid archetype, which is healing. And what you do is you uh, there's a couple of cards that heal. Not all of them are really that good in in and of themselves. But what you can do is what you trigger for every minion, uh, and or your hero character that you heal, you can get a yeah. a spell back for every instance that you heal a character when you have this certain minion in play. Okay. And um, the other effect is there's this huge uh, f- uh, four eight uh, taunt or guard creature. Uh, if you're playing Magic the Gathering, and it, it once it dies, it goes dormant, and if you play up, to, if you heal for five, it'll resurrect it basically. Oh, so it didn't leave the field; it just becomes inert. Yeah, uh, there, there's been an there was another minion with that mechanic uh, on the expansion that just rotated out from two years ago. But that one, you had to play like four cards in a turn to resurrect it, so it was very capped in this in that sense. Yeah, that's a lot of cards to play per turn in Hearthstone. There was the uh, there was the old Taunch Druid archetype in Hearthstone, which is this uh, spider minion Hadronox had a on death effect that resurrected all your taunt minions that died this game, up to a maximum of, of seven board slots. So. You could just play like only large taunt minions, and then have this play this thing, and you'd kill it off. And because it was a spider, there was a spell that resurrected beasts, so you could chain that into uh, resurrecting another resurrection spider, and it's sort of like an egg at this point. And there's another minion that's like uh, kill a creature, uh, gain its on death effect uh, twice. Or no, it's kill a creature, summon two of it. So what you could do is you mm-hmm. could resurrect this creature, and in the same turn, play this creature that killed it, summon a full board full of stuff, and have that egg full of two more spiders that would resurrect each round board of stuff. Oh, jeez, okay. Um, the new one is similarly crazy, uh, because you can copy, uh, I think it's Crystal Bark, uh, that's probably wrong. Anyway, it's this giant, like, tree monster, uh, this crystalline tree monster uh, from Wrath of the Lynch King. And uh, if you copy it, you can just, like, kill off your copies easy. They only have four attacks, so they're going to get traded into uh, fairly efficiently. And but the thing is, if you just res- you can just resurrect them basically almost every turn. Uh, 
with the, these couple of heal cards that heal for five. And it's just a really kind of grindy deck. It's like slow, so if you don't get this taunt up, and if you don't get your heals in hand, you're going to die uh, to like a rushdown. But okay. the only like infuriating experience I had was when I was playing a rogue against a rogue, and rogues have these cards that are like, uh, add a random card from your opponent's class to your hand. Yes. Son of a... Son of a... Damn. Um, and this rogue kept, played Crystal Bark, and after that, it died, and he was able to copy it or play more Crystal Barks up to, like, getting three, and then he played more healing cards. And the, and the card generation of his card stealing effects was giving him more healing cards than my entire deck, so he was beating me with my signature combo. And I was just like, I just, oh, Google, how to kill someone in real life with the internet. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Siri, how do you do this? <laughs> Siri. It was bad. I want to commit murder. How, please? Please help. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my experience. Um, I didn't pre-purchase or anything. I don't know, spending 50 bucks. Uh, like three times a year in Hearthstone seems stupid, especially after that n news about Activision laying people off and being kind of scummy. But yeah, I'm I'm having fun with the expansion so far. Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um. Yeah, I, I used to play the game, but I just I can't I can't I can't. I can't keep a focus with a cell phone game a long time. I just, I'd rather play my Switch, so I do. Uh, speaking about Switch, though, uh, so I started playing Nine Parchments on the Switch, um, and this is something that uh, a good friend of mine has been wanting to do for a long time, um, just because he was like, hey, it's multiplayer and we can all play together, and that kind of thing. So, uh, we, I was at, like I said, I was at their place playing Magic one time, and he brought it up again, like, hey, uh, don't forget it's on sale now for like $6. Uh, so like, just, yeah, like if you guys want to play, I'm totally down. Uh, I'm like, and we kept saying we were going to, we just kept forgetting. So my brother and I, we both decided to pick it up and we started playing with him. Uh, in fact, sometime tonight, I think we're going to be playing, uh, again, or trying to do a run essentially. Cause, uh, the game goes through, like you have to basically go through a bunch of levels at the end of every three levels, you get a parchment. So, uh, nine twenty-seven levels is the whole game, and you sort of pick characters and do like a run. But you, it's like a, it's kind of like a, what do you call it? Um, a roguelite in the sense that like you get to pick your character at the beginning and that's it, uh, and you sort of unlock new things along the way to use on your next run because you can't switch characters between runs. And you, like, randomly get spells. Like, when you get a parchment, you'll get, like, a new spell that's randomly generated. So, like, there's sort of, like, this run, can you can get this spell. And this run, you can get this spell. And that kind of thing. And the concept is you're all wizards trying to get these parchments back. And I guess you just need all nine. Uh, I didn't pay attention to the story too much. Uh, it's pretty light. Anyways, but um, it's a top-down. You shoot different spells. Uh at different uh, enemies that have different resistances. So there's like dark magic, 
fire, ice, and lightning. And then there's also healing, uh, which I don't think I've seen a healing magic monster. I've seen monsters that heal, but they're not like resistant to healing magic, because why would you heal them? Although you can heal monsters. Uh, so if you throw down a healing field and a monster walks on top of it, it will heal the monster. So there's like a uh, kind of level of strategy of positioning and that kind of stuff. And also friendly fire is on so you can kill your teammates. Um, but the end of the, every level, they kind of give you a score like, hey, this player did the most damage or whatever. Um, this person was the best. This person was the worst. And they rate your uh, team play. And I don't think we've ever got a good score on our team play because it's always been rank civil war. <laughs> like how much friendly fire, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, just the three of us played. You can play four people at once. Um, and like we only got through like the first six levels, I think, uh, last time. So we're going to, I think tonight the plan was to try to get through all 27 in one go and to see how it goes. Um, as I understand, because um, like everyone unlocks things individually based on achievements that you do. Uh, I only unlocked one new character, um, so I'm probably going to be playing them. And, and then my uh, my brother and my friend unlocked more than me, so they're probably going to be playing whatever they're playing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I played this a bit ago. That's been last mm-hmm. year or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a new game at all. Oh, no, it's 2017, damn. Um, and it seemed like a Magicka clone, and that kind of uh, yes, friendly fire, consistent. and, like, you could combine some spells to form a beam, which always... Yeah, the problem I had with it was um, those combination beams seemed very uh, situational in terms of which spells would activate it. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, a lot of the enemies were just sort of like, here's a dog, but a fire dog, or an ice dog. And it just kind of seemed yes. kind of, like all the enemies were eventually like glowing energy, and it's like, you know, this is kind of monotonous in its own way, even if they're different colors. Yeah, yeah, and it's, they kind of change enemy types a little bit later on. Like I said, we got through like the first six like, there's a bull enemy that was actually rather dangerous that only appeared as fire or ice. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think it's the, the, the allure of playing with someone more so than the game itself. Um, hmm. I think Magicka was the same way. Because, um, like, everything kind of was the same in Magicka. Like, once you learn certain combinations of spells, it was like, okay, this is just what I'm going to use majority of the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like the fun of the game isn't... Just like finding a combination and doing it over and over and over again, I feel it's like it's experimenting, right? And, oh yeah, uh, and yeah, there's not a lot of experimentation in this at all. I don't know. I just wish with these kind of games, you'd have to do certain kind of elemental combinations to solve certain challenges. Like you know, if there was right. a rock well, fall, Magica... maybe you'd need like wind and thunder or something like that. Right, Magicka does that uh, quite a bit. I don't know how far you got into Magicka, but later on, it gets it gets pretty deep on the uh uh different things that you need to do as far as like to solve a puzzle or that kind of thing while you're fighting off things um of course they had that weird expansion that was uh vietnam magica vietnam what the hell they had a 
guns and stuff. It was, it was weird. So you're firing like, ice bullets and stuff. It was Ew. really weird. Gross. Um, so this is by the same developers as uh, Trine, it looks like. Yeah, and I like Trine. Me too. I, wish... I haven't played it in a long time. but I'm, I'm still somewhere in the second game of that series. They just announced the fourth I... one. I just played and finished one. I don't think we even touched two or three. So... Yeah, I just, I mean, I like it, but yeah, it's never been high on my priority list, I would say. Did you find, I kind of found all these Magic games kind of difficult. Oh, yeah, it's not easy. Um, Nine Parchments, uh, we got a couple game overs, uh, but largely because of the friendly fire. Um, (laughs) There was a cut. There were a couple of times where we were fighting something and it just like totally killed us. Um, and we just couldn't handle it. Like a lot of times when those, uh, I mentioned the bull enemies came up. Mm. They are pretty relentless in charging after one person. Um, but when you get like more than, uh, when you get more than one, um, like more than one per player ratio, it gets kind of bad. Uh, so then you're not only dealing with running away from the boar or the bull that's chasing you and trying to deal with it, and on top of trying to help your friends, but they're also getting chased. So you go, you end up getting each other hit for the crossfire because you also have to worry about the fact that when these things run, they leave a line of that element on the ground that will damage you too. Oh, that's what I hated because it like traps down the area too. And that just only intensifies the whole friendly fire. Right, and yeah, so you're like, there's a lot going on. So we ended up dying a lot of times when those bulls show up. And they're not an uncommon enemy. Like, it's, you're going to see a couple of them every level, it seems. So, it was uh, it was pretty intense, but we also had a lot of fun with it. Uh, we had a lot of fun with me diving off of cliffs on accident and dying a bit. And uh, me a bit, by as in a lot, it just became a joke for, hey, Fort One fell off a cliff again. Let's go revive him. Like, Isn't it just like really looking... soft? Like if you walk into the edge of a thing, it'll just fall off and then eat instead die? Yep. Kind of how it goes. Yeah. Cool. I would heavily suggest not playing this game by yourself for that very reason. <laughs> that will result in a go back to go back to the previous checkpoint game over kind of thing. Um without someone to revive you. In fact, I would probably suggest, even though the friendly fire, like it's probably safest to do four people on this game because of how quick you can die. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, but I think it's fun in groups. Um, so like one of the, uh, the, the next game I want to talk about sort of, uh, segue into it. Uh, I got it cause like I'm not playing anything on my switch lately. Uh, I tried playing blaster master zero two. If you're familiar with that, um, I didn't really enjoy it, so I just sort of put it down real quick. Um, but while we were downloading Nine Parchments, I was just sort of looking um, uh, looking through uh, what what there was on the eShop kind of thing. And um, I saw a bestseller called Castle of Heart, and it was like the last on the bestseller list, but I had never seen it. And I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to look at this. And I think it was like $15 or something. 
So it was like an indie game. And um, it's an interesting um, action game. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's uh, to you before the podcast. It reminds me of the sort of like Disney interactive games like Aladdin or The Lion King, where it's sort of like this adventure platformer that you kind of fight while you're going. Uh, the original 2D Prince of Persia's were this way. Uh, puzzle platformer slash fighting 2d fighting um like you have enemies you have health and that kind of thing and you find weapons and it's just like just platformer or or, you know a good a good way to describe it without the whole backtracking and that kind of thing like a linear castlevania or that kind of game You, you get what i'm saying yeah so you get like new sort of uh items and attacks and things Right, but the items are always temporary. Uh, that's the one of the crazy thing is you don't get you don't get to level up or that kind of thing. You just pick up a sword and like well, you always have your sword, but like you get a mace along with your sword, you get a hand crossbow with your sword, or that kind of thing, and you just sort of pick them up as you go. Um, but you don't level up, you don't gain abilities or anything like that. It's just sort of this linear get through it. And the premise of the game is you're trying to save your girlfriend. Aha! Yeah, so. So original, uh, because evil wizard turned you to stone, uh, and because of her tears for your death and quotations, she revived you within the stone. So now you're this stone knight, but um, you need to constantly get health. Your health is like decreasing over time, um, which you get by killing enemies and collecting health. Man, the whole game though. Reg- Throughout the whole, yeah, yeah. So you're basically, it's kind of like you kind of have to go fast, but you also have to explore to find the health and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a forced march of a game. Um, it's actually fun though. Like I've actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of secrets to to get. Like I don't know what they do, but you can collect these five crystals in every level. It's a lot like the the crystals in Crash Bandicoot, like there's like the kind of hidden in that way, kind of like, and I suspect they will be important later kind of thing. Um, but I haven't gotten them all, but there's five in every level. Uh, and you go through and you kill enemies and that kind of stuff. And you're like fighting and blocking and jumping a lot of platforming. Um, and then you hit checkpoints that refill your health completely. So you're basically, you know, running as fast as you can to the next checkpoint. Um, but it's not like super rushed. You can take your time. Uh, just know that you're going to be decreasing your health. And eventually once you get to down like the last 10 or 20%, uh, I don't know which, uh, of your health, you lose your, one of your arms. So you can't pick up the other weapon. You just have your sword. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. It's like, okay, you're now, <laughs> you're, you're now handicapped because you took too long. Uh, kind of thing uh and it's got like these segments where you're riding in carts and that kind of stuff and ducking uh obstacles and you like uh you know you set a trap and you got to dive through the trap uh that kind of thing um so it's just like as fun sort of like uh like it's kind of like a forced march like action game is the way i feel to describe it um there's these really fun segments where you're sliding and you're not like in a cart or anything, but you're just like sort of like surfing down like the roof of a building for a long time, dodging stuff while while fighting. And it's uh, it, it's it's cool. Um, uh, were you saying that there's collectibles in this game? 
at the same time yeah, they have so you like, your health constantly decreasing. Yes, so but they're not always too far out of the way, so you can go get them. Um, hmm. Like the one one of them is hidden. Like you're you're walking, and there's a couple enemies, and you'll notice like okay, the floor looks kind of weird here. So you can jump up and hit the ground, and you fall through the floor, and there's one of the crystals. Like they're not super far out of the way. You just gotta kind of get the get to them or notice them. Um, and if you do have to backtrack to get one, it's never far. It's like never very far at all. And even so. Uh, nine out of ten times I've noticed if you do if you are required to backtrack to get something there's a checkpoint like right after that point so you can actually check hit the checkpoint and then backtrack and get the thing and then go forward to refill your health or whatever or hmm. so it's it's a fun game um, it was pretty cheap I think it was only fifteen dollars I had just never heard of it and I just saw it there and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out because I want to have something to play. So I did, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't have a lot m- much to say on it. The story is just kind of like bare bones. Um, your knight actually talks, which is, I know, I know, it's kind of weird, but like, as much as I love Doom, who has typically a silent protagonist, and uh, I do like Master Chief and that kind of style of game, it is refreshing to have someone who actually has agency and will talk. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's like, the thing like, about game protagonists. They're, very, they're yeah, a quiet bunch. Like Mario, Link, Doom Guy, Master Chief, like a lot of very iconic, even Samus. You Mr. Know, like Skyrim. Very iconic. The iconic protagonist Mr. of Skyrim. Mr. Skyrim. With his hide Mr. armor Mrs. and iron helmet. <laughs> right, right. Well, you could just call them, what are, what are the, the, the Dovenheim or the Dragonborn? Dragon... Yeah, Dovenheim. Doving, yeah, that the yeah them, yeah Dovakin. There you go. Yeah, uh, the Dovakin or whatever you want to call please, it. Yeah, like the, please not Dovakin. That's like a thing online. Is it? Yeah, gotta get gotta get okay. the e sound in there. Not not like Demonkin. It's a whole different basket. I don't think I want to know what this basket entails, so I will just skip this thought. <laughs> when you see uh, Fortran put the basket on the NPC's head, you can steal from for free. Oh, I know about that, yes. Yes, I know about that's, that. That's, that's, uh, that's the problem with the basket. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun game. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. Um, Castle of Heart, that is. Uh, it's... I'm not very far. Uh, there's a couple chapters. Um, I, I a couple chapters is an, I don't know how many. I'm in chapter two. Five levels per chapter. I know that five crystals per level, and I've missed a lot of crystals. Um, but I sus- but you can always replay levels too when you're done because you have a level selector. And I'm like, okay, well I'll go back if I need them. So I'm just gonna see how it goes. But yeah, that's that's it. That's all that we have today. Um, did you have anything else to say, Haru, mm-hmm. just in general? Mm-mm. No, I think we're done. Pretty rambly episode again, uh, but I, it's been a while, and I just like rambling, in case you don't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that'll end us off today, guys. Uh, so this is uh, 421 uh, signing off. You can find us at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. 
Um, well, you, you probably I haven't been tweeting much of anything other than episodes lately, because um, because I've been again dealing with personal life and then mostly just playing games. Honestly, I haven't done a lot of tweeting, so you might see something on there. But uh, also uh, check out our other show. Uh, wow, side quest! I forgot the name of my own show for a second there. Um, where we're going to be hopefully soon doing Double May Cry, um, and then we'll announce the the next game uh, on that episode. Uh, so yeah, just check us out on SoundCloud. I think we're on iTunes now also, uh, if you want to continue listening. So uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Haru? Uh, I'm at Kane's Dead Gram on Twitter, but I'm... I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's it's a lot of politics at this current stage. I, there's not you get you gotta wait till like the May period for there to be much game news, to be honest. Yeah. So you know you can take it's it or okay. leave it. I mean that's just how it is sometimes, right? Like I mean if I had actually been active on Twitter.